0: Our scripture reading today comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19. Listen now for the word of God. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. This is the word of God for the people of God. Good communication is the foundation of all good community. Whether that's a community like a church or a community like a neighborhood or a workplace or a smaller community like your home or even smaller like your marriage or a friendship. Good communication is the foundation of that good community. And we are a community here, right? That's one of the things we're passionate about. But we add one word there that's key, and that is we are a community of what kind of people? Imperfect. Okay, so that gives us all permission at this moment to say, You know, I want good communication, and I know it's the foundation of good community, but we all are imperfect when it comes to that. We all can learn a little bit more. And when we do, when we learn what God has to teach us, you're going to see vitality being poured into all your relationships. You're going to be amazed. So we need it. And this everybody needs this, including me. Okay, as seen by this text conversation. Now, before we get to this, let me just say, last week I picked on my daughter, Anna, who's my oldest. And so this week, just to be fair and be a loving mother, I'm going to pick on my middle child, Leah. Okay? Asher will get his turn sometime soon. So we are. I was at work one day, and I actually had a moment to look at my text messages right when this popped up. It was a text conversation between me and my husband and my daughter, Leah, and it was disturbing. It said this. Wait for it. What do we think, or is it going to say it? Can we see it? <laughs> what is this even about? Um, I pooped my brasset. Oh, um, Leah had just gotten braces, and so that was this year, earlier this year. And so what I figured this meant was I popped my bracket. Okay. <laughs> But she had written "pooped my brasset," and that is hysterical. And so, I, wanting to not obviously point out, but just kind of, <laughs> just kind of allude to it, right? So both Kevin and I—I I mean, look at Kevin with the emojis. You know, like he's really going, speaking Leah's language there, right? Okay. And so I figured Leah all of a sudden would say, "Oh my gosh, no." she just is going for it. Like, and so, yeah, I was eating pasta. So I am crying. I'm laughing so hard. The church is wondering what's going on. Kevin, now Kevin types like an old man when he texts, okay? So it was long enough that Kevin types out you were eating pasta and you pooped a bracelet and then extra space, cause he's old old man when it comes to cell phone. And Leah says <laughs> Oh my goodness. So now I'm screenshotting it because you just can't get any better than this. And then I then I had decided to have mercy and I asked the clarifying pooped it or popped it because that's a big difference. Like you know, like if you pooped a bracket, I'm on the car going up to the school. If it's popped, we know what to do. And Leah says, popped it. Okay, so now I think we, the three of us, in our three separate locations, are on the same page. Until I get Kevin's next hunt and peck text, we'll have to unpoop your bracelet. James Avery can fix it. <laughs> Because remember, Leah said bracket or bracelet, So it could have been bracelet. It could have been bracket. And then I was suddenly like, wait, is she talking about her charm bracelet or a bracket? And so I said, I think it's a bracket, not a bracelet. And Leah says, bracket. And then Kevin says, okay, which bracket? Lower back one and we make a dentist appointment. Whew. And no one has pooped out horrible things at lunch while eating pasta. But I screenshot this, y'all, because we have in my family, there. We make a lot of conversation blunders, a lot. I have a whole book of them, and it's, the kids call it stories and kid-isms, things that they've said. And when something like this happens, they're like, are you putting that in stories and kid-isms? I'm like, oh, you better believe I am, right? Like, it's going. And what I've found is that when, when we're having a hard week, one of the girls will say, can you read the stories and the kid-isms to us? And we'll read the things that they've said or Kevin or I have said or whoever has said, and we will just laugh until we cry. And suddenly the week is better. Now, saying that, I know that this Stories and kidisms is about to have no more pages in it. Because there comes a point when, in all of our lives, and I have two teenagers now, when the mistakes that we make aren't funny anymore. Right? And we don't want anyone to remember them. And we certainly don't need mom writing it down so that we can laugh about it because it hurts. Eventually, when we make mistakes, they're not cute and funny. They're painful. And enough bad communication, and, and man, social media complicates it, doesn't it? And instant messaging and text messaging, it's complicated now. But enough bad communication and relationships that you love and that you care about with your kids or your spouse or at your workplace or in this church, they can be torn and they can become brittle, and sometimes they even break. And so what God would have us do is to realize we all need to level up, right? We all have something to learn, and then give ourselves to the learning process. And God would have us begin in a place you might not expect. When we think about good communication, we think about this, right? How do I say better words? How am I more patient? How do I use my words? And as I've told you before, maybe you remember, God would have us start in a different place, right here, right? That... Someone once said, and one of y'all told me this after the last time I talked about listening, they said, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth and wants us to use them in that proportion. So we're supposed to listen more than we speak. And your communication is going to get better when you start communicating with your ears. You start by listening. Jesus models this. He'll teach us how to do it. One of the things you see in the life of our Lord is that he was always moving around, right? He's going from city to city. He's traveling from town to town. There's crowds of people. And every single time, it seems to me like he's on the way somewhere, somebody hears that he's going somewhere, or, or somebody hears that he's teaching in this place, and they're hurting, and they run, or they're there, and they're calling out, and they're saying, please, Lord, help me, help me, right? There's A blind person, or there's some people with leprosy, or there's someone who can't walk, or there's someone with a hurting child, and they're chasing after him, calling, please. And when that happens, have you noticed that a lot of times the disciples are the ones saying, shh, he is too busy for this. Be quiet. Or the rest of the crowd is saying, shh, he's too important. Be quiet, you're making a fool of yourself. Well, the people keep calling, and Every single time, Jesus hears them and listens. And he turns and he responds to the person. Every single time. There is never a time when someone calls out to Jesus and he walks by. He always listens. And so that's our first thing, is that it's not always a convenient time when somebody calls out to you, somebody that you love to listen um, or with a problem. Uh, sometimes it's hard to listen because they're saying that you've created the problem, and none of us ever like to hear that. Sometimes it's hard to listen to them because we know how to fix it. Just let me add it. I'll talk, and you'll fix it, and we'll just, just like this, right? Sometimes it's hard to listen because we have no idea how to fix it, and listening to more and more of it makes us feel powerless, but when we look at Jesus and we look at the way he moves through the world, if we're going to be like him in our communication, when someone calls out to us, the first thing we'll do, even if it's a bad time, is listen. Just listen. Jesus often takes the listening to an even deeper level. And, no, I mean, this is the Son of God, right? So when somebody who can't walk calls out to him, Jesus not only can see that they can't walk, but he knows their heart. He knows what they're going to ask for before they even ask it. And yet so often our Lord says, what is it you want me to do? Not because he needs it explained to him. He already knows. The crowd often already knows. He does that as a gift to that person. You have pain that you've been carrying for a year or for five or for ten years or for most of your life. Can you tell me what you need? I'll listen to you. The Lord is listening, right? And then when they've spoken their pain, when they've shared it, when they are heard by the Lord, then he heals them. And so the first step in all of our good communication will just be to use our first ear to listen when somebody cries and then to take it a level deeper, to ask some questions. You know, and it's hard, right? Because sometimes they're saying some stuff that hits us and we want to say, well, but you don't, but just finish listening before you use your mouth. Just finish listening. It doesn't mean you agree, okay? It just means you're giving that person the kindness of listening to them. So you listen and then you say clarifying questions like, so Leah, what you're saying to me is that you were eating pasta in the school cafeteria and you pooped out a bracket? Yeah. Okay. Are you really saying, you know, like ask it again. Uh, Try to sum it up and say, this is what you're saying. And they may say, no, that's not what I'm saying. And then you listen a little bit more. Or you may hear it and get it all and still needs to ask some questions about what you've heard and you just say, okay, out of everything you just told me, what do you need me to understand the most? What's the one thing that I need to understand? Or you might say, out of everything that you just said, what is it I can do that would help you? Because oftentimes we think, okay, well, you just shared that and I get it and now I know what to do. You may not even know what to do. They may surprise you with what they need. Sometimes they'll tell you, it was enough that you just listened to me. I feel so much better. And sometimes there's an action. Okay, so once you've listened to other people, you have another ear, right? I'm going to help you remember it this way. We're going to listen also to the Lord simultaneously. One ear with the person, one ear to what God is saying. This is power for us. We are children of the creator of the universe. He wants to help us listen well, communicate well. He's going to pour insight into you, wisdom, understanding, healing in this relationship. All you have to do is ask. That's it. And suddenly the creator of the universe is going to be helping you. Just listen. And so how do you ask for help from God as you're having a conversation? Right? That's it. And you don't even have to say it out loud. You can be praying as you talk to someone. You realize it's getting tense. It's difficult. You don't know what to do. God, help me. He will help you. You will be amazed at the insights you have. You will be amazed. If you know you have a conversation with your boss coming up, and it's going to be hard or with your mother-in-law, or with your spouse, right? You just know this is a hard conversation. Before you even have it, be talking to God. Lord, you know I'm nervous about this. There's a lot of pain here. We need to resolve it, but we, you know, we often turn to fighting, or I don't know how to express it right. Please help. Please be Holy Spirit like the oil between us that helps a machine, an engine to run smoothly, like, be with us, work your miracles. If you pray like that before your crucial and critical conversations, it will transform them. You'll walk in afraid, and then you'll come out and like, whoa. I promise you, I've seen this happen in my own life even, okay? And if you're with another person who is a believer and maybe you have time before the conversation or you realize this, this is a crucial thing. Just say, can we pray together? And take their hands. Even if you're angry, that touch can really help. Take their hands and just say, I'll say the words and just say, God, help us. We're having a hard conversation and we need your love and we need your mercy and your compassion and your wisdom. You know, whatever it is you need. Bring healing to us through this conversation. Let our words honor you. Amen. The conversation will change. If you're, maybe you're meeting with your boss or you feel like, oh, I don't know if that person is a believer, you could ask to pray with them. The worst thing that happens, you could just say, I'm a believer. Can we pray? And they say no. Okay, we'll pray anyway silently. But maybe they say Yes. And then suddenly it's not just two people trying to go through this fraught conversation, but it's two people and the Lord. It's this cord of three strands. It will transform your conversations to listen well to people and to listen to God. So once we've listened, there comes a point. And that may be enough. Sometimes it is, and that's wonderful. There may come a point where you need to speak. And all of us could admit we could level up there, too, on our speaking. And so let's learn from Jesus again. One of the things that Jesus is amazing at everything, right? But one of the things I love is that Jesus takes the eternal truths of God and doesn't speak in a way that only the religious scholars and people who have read the Bible ten times through and can quote Scripture can understand. Jesus speaks about the eternal truths of God in a way that everybody no matter their education or how many times they've read the bible that they can understand. So he takes this eternal truth and he offers it up to us in a way that we get. And when we come into a conversation oftentimes there's this big tangle of emotions that's inside of us and mostly it's clear to us. Sometimes we actually need to work on being clear about what's going on in here, right? that we want to express. But once we're clear about that, then we need to help that other person see something that is invisible, that is felt. And so we can take a page from Jesus. Like, Think about how Jesus does this. Think about what is God's love like? Oh my gosh. Well, Jesus says, okay, let me tell you, it's like a father with a rebellious, prodigal child. Or it's like a rancher who had a hundred sheep and one of them went running away and he went after it. Well, Jesus, what is faith like? Oh, faith is like... The tiniest seed you know that becomes a great tree. What's the kingdom of God like? Oh, it's like, it's like a pearl merchant searching for lost people of great price. What is evil like? It's like yeast that just works its way throughout the bread. And so if we can do this, then we're thinking, okay, this thing is inside of me. How could I paint a picture for others? And you might do that like say you're with your boss and you're having a conversation where you just don't have the direction from your boss that you need. And so you say, you know what it feels like to me? It feels like I'm this strong, powerful train engine and I have plenty of fuel and I'm ready to go. I could pull a huge load, but there's no track. Can you help me find the track and the direction that you want me to go? I'll go that way, right? Or your kids might come up to you if you teach them how to do this and say, having a really bad day. Okay, well, what does it feel like? It feels like I'm a pack of angry bees. Not you, Mom, but I just want to sting something, right? Okay. So now we know it's not personal. It's just anger, like a pack of angry bees. Or you might need to have a conversation with your spouse where you're feeling neglected, if, you, if that's the word you put to it. And you just say, you know what? Instead of neglected, you say, I feel like I'm a plant that used to be beautiful, but I'm wilting. All I need is a little water. Make what is in here and clear to you clear to other people. Do it using word pictures and metaphors. Paint a picture of what it feels like inside of you. That will help immensely. Uh, Another thing to get right, and I put a list of things, a list of ways to help your conversations thrive in your study guide, but one of the most crucial of these is to pick a good time to have hard conversations. Um, Sometimes you cannot pick your time. Like, it's like a person who calls out to Jesus, and it's not a great time, but this is the conversation we're having. Many times, though, we can choose a good time, and we do not. We just blaze right ahead, and it goes wrong because it's a bad time. And I find a lot of times we are, we're doing that because we think God wants us to do it like that. Like, people have told me all the time, well, the Bible says not to let the sun go down in your anger, so if we have to stay up till 3 a.m. and yell this thing out, then we're going to do it. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. You can let anger go and go to sleep and pick up the conversation tomorrow. Um, Much more helpful, I think, is this verse from the Psalms, Psalm 4-4. Don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. So God is giving us the space and even the instruction to to say, okay, I'm going to have a hard conversation. I'm not going to avoid it. But when could I have a conversation that this other person will be the freshest and I will be the freshest and we'll have the most of our resources to talk about this? And here's some examples of how we do this badly. Leah, when she was talking about that text message, she said, Mom, be sure to tell the church why this went wrong. She said, I need them to understand that I was in history class and I was supposed to be taking notes and not supposed to be on my phone. So I was texting you on my watch. I said, Leah, that will work perfectly into my message to show the church that that was a bad time, and she was only giving it half attention, so that's why it went so wrong. Um, my, my mom, I'll pick on my mom, she always calls me in the middle of the workday. She's retired, and she wants to chat, but I'm working, right? And so I'm doing premarital counseling with somebody, or I'm having a staff meeting, and when her phone call goes unanswered, she's mad because we're not chatting, like you know, mom, the weekends or you know, not Sunday morning. She's probably calling me right now to see. You know, like, can we chat? Um, pick your time. I'm bad at this too. This is one of the things I still need to learn in my marriage. Uh, when we were first married, I was always picking the wrong times to talk to Kevin. I he worked at my school at my graduate school, and so I just like while he was in the middle of the work, I'd slash a on by and be like, "What's going on, babe? You know, like let's talk about the day." And he's like. I love you, but I'm working. And it wasn't that graceful, right? Because it was not a good time. Um, So then I was studying all day, so I had all these words built up. And sometimes when he got home, as soon as he got home, he was computer support. He was on the phone all day long at that time. Does my husband seem like a real talkative man? So he was done okay? So I have been with no one, and he gets home, and I'm like, hey, let me tell you about blah, 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 and he's like, oh my gosh, whoa. So I tried, my final, my final thought was, you know what, I'm married now, and we could have like a slumber party. Like, he'll have, he'll have resumed, yeah, he'll have resumed his, uh, his words, and I'll just give him some space when he gets home, and then when we get into bed, and we're about to go to sleep, I'll be like, hey, like, <laughs> Let's just talk about our day now, and let's say all the things that we are in our, in our hearts, you know? And so I'd be telling him something that was in my heart that was really important to me, and he would fall asleep. And somebody was like, well, how does that make you feel? And I was like, angry! They're like, whoa, he's tired. I'm like, you should listen to me, you know? Well, how did Kevin feel that I was talking to him at 11 o'clock at night while he was trying to go to sleep? Also angry, Right? So what it took was us just trying to find the time that was good for both of us. Um, it was not while he was working. It was not one second after he got home, and it was not right before bed. Right? We found a middle time in there. You can do that with your relationships. And in fact, one of y'all in the, in the service before said they have a time every night. They said, remember how your grandparents used to have rum and coke? Did y'all? Mine did, actually. I was like, yeah, they did that. Um, He said, that's a good bottle that you don't have to drink alcohol. You could get a Pepsi or something and go sit and just be together, even if it's not a problem. Just create that space where you can talk to each other so that if there's something that comes up, the channels are already open, and you know it's rum and Coke or Pepsi time or whatever that is, right, Um, at that period of time. So make sure, if you can schedule a time, that you schedule a good time. time when you're fresh, a location that you both like, something that you're going to be able to bring the fullness of who you are, not like this much of your resources that are left at a bad time. And finally, I know this has never happened to y'all, but sometimes communication goes sour. Sometimes you say some things that you're really sorry about. Sometimes your words hurt. Sometimes you've done something. Um, take the chance to apologize do not be afraid of apology offering and receiving forgiveness is at the foundation of our faith we are forgiven by God and therefore we need to seek forgiveness and to offer it when the time is right right which is usually pretty soon as soon as you realize that you've done something wrong go ahead and say you're sorry and one of the things we, we started trying to teach this to my kids, and y'all know what they do, right? Say you're sorry. Sorry. So we came up, we found this beautiful thing as I was reading up on better communication of a four-fold apology. And I think this is great for all relationships. I, I use this all the time in some form. Um, you say, I am sorry for, and you name what you did wrong. It was wrong because, and then you name the hurt it caused the other person. Okay, so you're showing understanding. In the future, I will. You're promising or you're trying. You're saying, I don't want to do this again. In the future, I'm going to act like this. And then will you please forgive me? So, for example, Kevin, I am so sorry for trying to talk to you at 11 p.m. at night while you were trying to go to sleep It was wrong, because you have a full-time job, and I wasn't thinking about you, only about me. And in the future, let's set aside a time around dinner where we can talk about our days, and please will you forgive me?" You can make it your own, but I have found, I've found I've been able to use this um, in all of my relationships when I need to apologize. And it's in your study guide, too, if you're looking for that. So good communication is the foundation of our good community. It's the foundation of our good marriage, of a good friendship, of a good parenting relationship, good communication. And we imperfect people are not perfect communicators. But God gives us the tools to level up. And we'll do that as we start with listening to the person and to God, speaking in ways that help people understand what's inside of us, and choosing our time when we need to have hard conversations but rushing for forgiveness, okay? Move fast towards forgiveness. And as you do that, you're going to find that good communication becomes the foundation of all of your good relationships. Let's pray. Jesus, you are our model in all things. Help us to look to you when we have tough communication or when someone is hurting and we want to help all the times we interact with other people, help us to listen deeply as you did. To, to speak in ways that others can understand what's inside of us. To be quick to forgive and to seek it. And Lord, will you do what we can't do, which is just be with us and give us the wisdom and the insight and the patience that we are lacking. So that our communication skills could grow and our relationships as a result. We ask this in your amazing name. Amen.